Welcome to the Brain Health Journey podcast with Brittany and Tish, where we talk about all things ADHD and other brain health related topics. And today we are going to be talking about something that we get asked very frequently, and that is, okay, I think I have ADHD. I am wanting to speak with my primary care doctor or get a referral of some kind or mention it to my therapist or counselor. You know, what do I do? How do I go about doing it? What if nobody believes me? And there's all these questions and thoughts that go through your head. And so we thought we would go through this on this episode. And Tish, I don't know if you want to go ahead and get started with, I guess, this topic in general, because we get asked this quite often. Yeah, sure. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you about all these great topics with ADHD. And this is definitely one we get a lot of questions about not only within our content, but also when we do our weekly lives, we typically every single week get this question. And so we Thank thought you. it was, an, yeah, yeah. So we thought it was important and um, just to, you know, give a brief description of some ways that you can prepare for your appointment. Um, if you start to see, you know, signs or if you're feeling some symptoms or seeing some traits of ADHD um, within yourself. So um one thing that I want to mention, and I know we mentioned this in a previous um, podcast, is that in the world, in the land of social media, a lot of information is, is there, a lot of information. And so while it's a great tool to learn about different things, um, different medical conditions, it's also important to all, you know, do your own research, take what you see on social me- media with a grain of salt. So um, so if you're scrolling through social media and you're like, I am seeing my like symptoms, I'm reading about this, I see this in myself, um, do your own research. It's just really important to do that. And also, um, it's important if you do feel that you need to see a doctor, like Brittany mentioned, make an appointment. Make an appointment with your primary care physician and just get the process started um, with the ADHD assessment. Um, depending on the doctor, they may do the assessment at their office, or they may refer you to a specialist that could be a psychiatrist, psychologist, neuropsychologist. It just depends on what that um, specific doctor's preference is. But once you make that appointment, initial appointment with your primary care doctor, some things that you can do to prepare for your initial appointment um, is really just to kind of go through a checklist of things. First, what you want to do is um, print off a symptom checklist. And there's several um, symptom checklists online. I know the CDC has a a really good checklist, but there's other um, sites that also have um, a checklist that you can go through and use. And once you really go through the checklist, the symptom checklist, and just mark off, okay, this is what I'm seeing in myself. I think this is what I have. Get a notebook or your phone and really think about some real life examples of how those symptoms are affecting your daily life at work, school, home, relationships, all areas of life. The more examples that you can bring to the table, the better it is for them to be able to really understand what you're you're going through. Another thing that I find to be helpful is, and this isn't necessary, but it is helpful, is to bring some documentation or some um, like report cards or letters or notes or things from um, teachers from school 
you know, that could say talks too much and attentive has problem with time management. And um, that way they can see, you know, this has been an ongoing thing for, it sounds like forever. And so that can also help um, kind of back up what you're saying to, to the doctor. One last thing, and then I'm going to hand it over to Brittany. <laughs> is also, it's hereditary, it's genetic. So if your family members, ask your family members, does anyone in the family have ADHD? You know, grandmother, grandfather, brother, sister, parents, anyone have ADHD and just kind of run out of list of those who have been diagnosed um, with ADHD. So I'm gonna head it over to Brittany and see if she has any, any suggestions and recommendations too. Absolutely, Tish. Thank you for going into depth on that because it is really important because sometimes some don't know exactly what the process is and even just filling something out on your own. And like you said, writing in a notebook on ways that you feel it impacts your life. Ask close family members, ask your close friends, ask your parents. I mean, they're the ones, they're the ones that raised you. So, Hey, what was, what was this like when I was a kid, or could you go through this for me? And maybe even think back to my childhood or when I was in school and kind of help fill this out as well, because maybe there's some blind spots or things that I'm not remembering that you can shed some light on that I can also bring to the doctor, because this is often a lifelong journey, a lifelong process. It's not something that just happens overnight. And I wanted to add on to, I know you mentioned social media and taking things with a grain of salt. We do want to stress that that includes me and you. Yes. This isn't just, you know, like, oh, everybody else and what we are posting mm -hmm. is, you know, this goes for us as well, because Absolutely. you can see one post, let's say hyper-focus, right? Like a lot of us can really hyper-focus, but we're also very distracted. So you could see a post about, ADHD and hyper-focus and you're like, wow, I see all these comments about like what people have been hyper-fixated on and what, and they can hyper-focus. I don't really go through that. And so I must not have it. So I, yeah, I did want to add about the grain of salt thing. You do want to be careful about, this isn't universal, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so get that, get that symptom checklist get it printed out, get a notebook, write things down. Like I also said, maybe have your parents or spouse, a close friend, fill another one out for you. They may be able to shed some light on things that you're not quite seeing. And just being able to take all of that to your doctor, that is going to let your doctor know also, like, okay, I see the bigger picture of what is going on. They're not just like coming in saying, I have a hard time focusing and I get distracted and I'm impulsive, please help. Because sometimes, sometimes the doctor, not that the doctor wouldn't take you seriously. I don't wanna say that because then they'll start asking questions. But if you already have everything right there, it's easier for them to see the big picture. Oh yes, absolutely. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I get a little nervous before I go to the doctor. It just depends on who the doctor is, if it, especially if it's a new doctor. And if, when I get nervous, I forget, I just forget stuff. And so yep. if you collect that information ahead of time and you just put it in a folder, take it to the doctor, you have everything there. You don't even have to really think too much about what 
you want to say, what you want to do. And if he asks questions, then you'll kind of have, you know, all of your ducks in a row for him right. um, to be able to really be able to assess you and try to figure out, is this ADHD or is it something else? Because as we mentioned before, there are a lot of different things that kind of overlap with ADHD too. So um, it will definitely help them to properly um, assess and diagnose you or refer you to someone else that can um, diagnose you. So, um, but yes, I, I do want to kind of go off of what you said too about the social media thing. It definitely, it does include both of us. Um, we're not, you know, saying everyone else except for us. It, it definitely um, includes both of us that while we try to do our best to provide you know, research and fact-based information and as, as well as trying to explain it through our lens and through our own personal journey, it may not resonate with someone else and, and that's okay. That's okay right. because we are, are all so different. And so, yeah, so that was a good point to make. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it can also be important to so a lot of, there are a lot of parents that do have ADHD, but they don't know it until their kids do. And so this kind of goes into the whole genetic thing. Like I'm just thinking from my dad's side and I think maybe there's some of it on my mom's side too, but it's, it seems to be a little more obvious on my dad's side. I'm thinking of like my cousins, the boys. It is so, it's so obvious. And you know that we have talked about many times on some of the differences between boys and girls. And it's not that girls can't be hyperactive. It's not that at all, but it seems that boys, it can be a little more obvious most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about genetics and you're kind of thinking about ADHD and you're like, gosh, I, but I don't really act like my cousins or my aunts or my uncles, like it doesn't seem like I'm quite like that, but they all seem to be the same. And just be kind of, just be careful with that because like you were just saying, Tish, we, we are all different. All of our symptoms present differently. We all feel differently going through different levels. Like hyperactivity can be more of an internal thing, like something that's going on in your mind, racing thoughts, and it can't stop. And maybe a, some fidgeting, like you feel like you can't stop fidgeting. It's not always the like jumping out of your seat, constantly interrupting, can't stop talking, something that's very noticeable. Mm -hmm. Doesn't always have to be that way. So right. just be careful when you are comparing yourself to other people, especially maybe family members mm -hmm. that also have it. Oh, yes. And I think it's funny that not haha -ha funny, but funny. Like I think back at me having ADHD and then I have, you know, two other family members that have been diagnosed with ADHD, ADHD too. But I look at my, you know, my parents and I look at them and I'm thinking, I can't believe you have never been diagnosed with ADHD yeah. because you both, they present differently, but they both definitely have ADHD. There is no doubt about that in my mind whatsoever. Um, but they were never diagnosed with it. You know what I'm saying? But here I am, I have ADHD. Um, one of my sons have ADHD. I have another really close family member that has um, ADHD. And so it's definitely hereditary. There's, there, and there, there's research that backs that up. But I like how you mentioned if it, if let's just say, you know, your cousin is 
presenting in one way, that doesn't necessarily mean that you or someone else in your family is going to be presenting in a different, in a, the same way, because even boys versus girls present differently, especially when they're younger. And so it is important to keep that in mind whenever you are trying to figure out what is going on with me and is this ADHD? So those are just really important things to keep in mind. But Yes. And do you have any suggestions? Like if someone says, Hey, I went to my primary care doctor. I did all the things and they aren't taking me seriously. I can't get the referral. They don't want to go any further. Um, ADHD, it doesn't go in into adulthood. It's a childhood thing. What would you suggest for someone that says, Hey, I did all the things and now I'm at full stop and I don't know what to do at this point. Yeah, that's a good question. And that's another one we always, we get a lot. We get that question a lot. Um, I say, get a second opinion. It's not going to hurt to get a second opinion. Um, and if you feel like the doctor is being dismissive and really not listening to what you have to say, especially if you go in there with a file of, of homework and things that you've put together with life examples and how you're feeling, if you yeah. present that to them and they dismiss that, I uh, would get on the phone and make an appointment with someone else, maybe that um, specializes um, in an ADHD. So, and there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with getting a second opinion. So um, right. yeah, absolutely. Second opinions are a good way to go. Awesome. Well, thank you for that, Tish. I don't know if you have any other suggestions or tips or thoughts that you wanted to add in. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is whenever you are seeing all this stuff, like I mentioned before, um, on social media and in the news and everything else, um, when it comes to ADHD, again, just, it's just so important to do your own research um, because everyone is so different and how you're feeling, those feelings are valid and just try your best not to let anyone dismiss how you're feeling because no one wants to have ADHD. I don't right. want to have ADHD. I don't think someone wakes up one day and says, oh, I think I want to have ADHD today. It's something that people don't want really to have. So um, I don't think if you go to a doctor and they're being dismissive, that's kind of a red flag. So go to a, get a second opinion and just process how you're feeling of going through this process because it can be, it can take an emotional toll to go yeah. through the process. And at the end of it all, if you do get a diagnosis, um, just give yourself the time to process because you will go through a grieving process. Some people grieve because they, they look back and think back at their childhood and think it could have been much easier. Why yeah. did I wait this long? There are waves of happiness, of relief, of a little bit of anger maybe toward, you know, people that your parents, because they didn't notice it. And mm -hmm. so just give yourself that time to um, process that too. So that is a really good thought. Thank you. And I wanted to add just a little bit more on. So if you go through the process and it's like, okay, I feel like nobody's listening to me or I have to wait months to get in or, Hey, I live in another part of the world where a lot of doctors don't take it seriously. If you're in that position, Tish, like you said, your feelings are valid. What you're going through is valid. Keep learning. Just keep, you know, keep learning with the people that you resonate with, listening to podcasts, following 
people that you trust on social media, right? Because there's still a lot of things that we talk about that are beneficial for almost everyone. When we mention trying to regulate and get enough sleep, uh, trying some meditation, getting up and moving, maybe tweaking some, I guess your diet a little bit. I don't like to use the word diet, but if you're wanting to tweak a little bit with your diet, you can do that. So we still talk about some things that, you know, trying to regulate your emotions. Sure. Meditation, meditate. Yes, exactly. There is so much that we talk about that can be applied to everyone. So even if you're in the place where you feel like nobody is listening to you and you can't quite get through to the doctor or I guess get through with healthcare, there's still so much that you can learn Mm -hmm. and just keep learning and go through this journey and try to apply it in your own life. And I know it can be frustrating if you feel like nobody's listening to you, but still keep learning and still keep going and still try to utilize some of this into your own life. Great tips. Yes, absolutely. And, and advocate advocate for yourself because no one else will. So you just right. have to keep on, um, you know, keep on keeping on. So yeah. well, this has been a great discussion with you, Brittany, and I cannot wait until next week's episode. And yeah, I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great great week. All right. Have a great rest of the day and we'll see you next week. All right. 